0: Paul understood that there's a power that had to be applied in order for Jesus to get up. Hallelujah. And guess what? That same power will be applied to us. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on. That song said he's not dead. It said he's not dead. Amen Amen That means we have a reason to celebrate That means we have a reason to shout hallelujah We have a reason to shout glory Because he's not dead We serve alive and a living God Hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. He is alive Hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. And in case you don't know, he died for you. you, And he's alive forevermore. Giving you opportunity at eternal life. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name, God. God. Glory. Glory to your name, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Some people wonder why we in the church, why we do what we do, why we sometimes cry and weep, why we shout hallelujah. It's because some of us realize our lives were messed up. Hallelujah. And even if you said my life really wasn't that bad, it was not on the standard that was acceptable unto God. And because we could not meet the standard, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He came into this world Went to a hill called Galgotha. Died on a cross one Friday. And because of that, it opened the door for us. It opened the door that we might be able to inherit or receive eternal life. And in case you don't know what that is, that means we get to live forever with our great God. Hallelujah. 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 And we celebrate because we look forward to that day. And we celebrate because we recognize and remember what our Savior did. The love that he showed. That's why we come and celebrate. That's why sometimes you see people weeping and crying. Because they recognize what God has done for them. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Uh, First giving honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Amen. We have come today to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. And today is a day that is like none other all across this world. People everywhere are celebrating our Savior. Doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter where they are on the continent. There's a celebration. And in some places, the celebration has already taken place. But we have our opportunity now to celebrate the Jesus of our lives. Amen. 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 Uh, Brother Kai read the scripture text earlier uh, coming out of the gospel of Mark. I want to go back to that gospel and I want to lift up two verses out of that text. Mark the 16th chapter, and I want to lift up verses 5 through 6. Mark the 16th chapter, verses 5 through 6, and it reads, When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Amen. I want to share today from the subject of the expectations and the reality of the resurrection. The expectations and the reality of the resurrection. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you again for allowing us to come together. We thank you, God, that our hearts still burn with desire for you. And we are thanking now, God, that as you bless us through this time of worship, and as we bless you, that you would give us, oh God, that visitation of your Holy Spirit. God, use us for your will and for your glory. And I pray, Father, that you would hide me behind the shadows of your mountain. I pray that you would give me that fresh anointing, that fresh feeling of your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Father, that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. The expectations and the reality of the resurrection. I would dare say that all of us have had expectations in life. Some of us have had great expectations and some of us have seen some of the expectations we have come to fruition. But I would say most of us have experienced what it's like to expect something and to be disappointed. Amen. There's that child who possibly at Christmas expected something but became disappointed. There's that husband or wife who expected their spouse to be one way when they married them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but they got disappointed. Amen. There are those who expected, maybe you ladies expected a five carat ring when you got engaged. And it only came up to maybe a quarter carat. Amen. Your expectations were <laughs> let down. But there are times when we go through life and we have expectations and when we have those expectations and and those expectations aren't met we sometimes find ourselves experiencing extreme disappointment we find ourselves going through emotional issues because of our expectations not being met now when we think about our text before us there was an expectation that the people had on God. There was an expectation that the people had on Jesus. They expected Jesus to come in all of his glory. They expected Jesus to come and be this grand savior that would lead them in rebellion against the Roman army. Their expectations weren't met. Because Jesus didn't come to lead a political battle. Jesus didn't come to lead an army against Rome. But Jesus came to deal with the one thing that we needed to have dealt with. And that is our sins. And in case you're wondering what those are, those are the things that we do wrong against God. Amen. And we do them by thought, by word, and by action or deed. We can think the wrong thoughts. Amen. That's Amen go right there. Amen go right there. Don't tell me I'm the only one that has thought wrong thoughts. Amen. Lord, we're not going to be truthful today. Amen. I can <laughs> then there are those of us who know about experiencing a sin by word. We've said the wrong thing. We sometimes continue to say the wrong thing. And then there are sins by action, deed. We do the wrong things. God expects us to do right. God expects us to do the right thing. God expects us to live a holy life. But the one thing that we have done is disappoint God. We have not lived up to the standard in which God has set. We have not lived up to the expectation. And God has been disappointed. Because we have not lived up to the expectation. But when we talk about the expectations and the reality of the resurrection. When our expectations and reality surrounding the resurrection collide. We must accept The voice of reality. There is the voice of reality that speaks from the tomb of Jesus. There's a voice of reality that speaks from the cross. There's a voice of reality that speaks from the resurrection. The first thing that I want us to see in our text is we must understand that the expectations of the resurrection. There are the expectations of the resurrection Their expectations when it surrounded the resurrection, the ladies that came to the tomb. If you read early on in that chapter that was read earlier, you'll find that there were some women who have come to the tomb. And they've come to find the body of Jesus that they might wrap and anoint the body so that they can prepare him for burial. Only to find that when they are on their way, as the text said, they have a question in their head. Who's going to roll the stone away? There's a large stone covering the face of the cave where Jesus was buried. And their question was, who's going to roll the stone away? They expected there to be opposition to them entering the tomb. I say that these ladies are brave because even though they had the question, they were on their way to the tomb anyway. They were on their way to the tomb knowing that there might be some opposition to them entering the tomb. The one thing that they did not count on that God was going to deal with their situation. God showed up before they got to the tomb and dealt with what they were expecting to be opposition. God showed up in the tomb and he began to move the stone away before they got to that place where they would come to anoint the body of Jesus. That just lets me know that there are times in my life when my expectation God may have gone ahead of me and already dealt with some of the things that are plaguing in my life. He's already gone ahead of me and dealt with some of the opposition that I may face in life. You ever decided to do something in life and you felt like there was going to be opposition to what you were doing? And as you move forward with the expectation of opposition, you found it free sailing. Hallelujah. Maybe I'm the only one. But you find that that when you got to where you expected there to be opposition, that God had already come and cleared the path. The people that you thought were going to be in opposition to you, God had already come and moved them out of the way. That job that you thought that somebody was opposing you for, God has already come and moved them out of the way. The issues that you thought were going to be an opposition to you getting the job, God had already moved them out of the way. Because if truth be told, some of us are in places that we should not be. Hallelujah. Some of us are in jobs that we probably should not have. Amen. Some of us are being advanced in places where we said we probably would not be advanced. Hallelujah. I've shared this with you before. I have been told at least five times on my job that I had maxed out. And I have continued to get raises thereafter. (laughs) I don't think y'all understand. They said you maxed out, you can't get any more. That was five raises ago. And I'm just thankful to God. God always seems to show up and say, I have a word to say in the situation. And when we understand that God is able to come and deal with some of the expectations we have. But sometimes the expectations have opposition attached to them. And we get focused on the opposition rather than focusing on the one who can have the power to deal with the opposition. When you think about these women as they came and they found themselves wanting to anoint the body of Jesus, but they say that there's an opposition in the way. There's a stone in the way. But God had already dealt with the stone. Then when you think about, there are sometimes that we are too busy to think about the people that are in our way and we seem to forget that there are some people that are standing in our way, but we forget that there's one who has the power. His name is Jesus. He has the power to deal with anything that stands in our way. That's why sometimes I wonder why Christians get all bent out of shape because somebody puts an obstacle in their way. Have we not understood that we have a secret weapon called prayer? That all we got to do is begin to pray about the situation and God has a way of moving things out of the way? All we got to do is pray about what's dea- what we're dealing with and God has a way of showing up and handling that thing that we thought was going to be opposition to us, handling that thing that we thought was going to be too hard for us, handling that thing that we couldn't move out of the way but we prayed about it and God showed up and moved it for us. We have to understand that there are times when we have to realize that we forget about the power of God as we face opposition. And then there are times where, like these women when we are worried about things that god has already worked out some of us have gotten worked up over stuff and and when you got there it was already dealt with amen how many of you worked yourself up in a frenzy and and you didn't didn't know what you was going to do and and you was just thinking about it you worried about it and then when you got there you said oh it's already dealt with god has a way of doing that in our lives the things that we sometimes worry about the most they never come to pass The things that we spend time and energy worrying about, fretting over, and we find ourselves doing it for nothing. When God has already dealt with it or will deal with our situation. They also expected there to be a body. Now this is the part that brought me joy because they expected there to be a body. They had this expectation. But see, this expectation showed that they lacked trust in the words of Jesus. Because Jesus had told them earlier you can destroy this temple but in three days I will raise it up again now some of them didn't understand at the time that he was referring to himself they thought that he was referring to the temple that Solomon built but Jesus said he was referring to him his physical flesh his temple and he said destroyed and in three days I will raise it up again they forgot that he had said that they were expecting a body in the tomb. But what they found was emptiness. They found that there was an empty tomb. They found that the grave clothes were folded up nice and neat and laid there on the tomb. I learned one time that when you were eating in this, what they call fine dining or whatever back in the day, that you would fold your napkin up to show that you had finished. Whenever you put your napkin on a table and it was still wrinkled, they said that you were still working on it you were still eating you were still indulging but the sign to show that you were finished that you were done that you didn't want any more, you would fold it up nice and neat and then lay it on the table jesus folded up his grave clothes he folded it up nice and neat and he laid them right back there on the grave bench and he said i'm finished it is done it is complete What you thought you come to get was a body. It is now gone because I am no longer here. But he said, I am alive and I'm alive forevermore. They were in too much fear over what was going to happen that they began to think about everything else but what Jesus had told them. And he told them that he would rise again on the third day. And these women failed to realize that. They failed to remember that. And they went to look for Jesus in a tomb that was empty. But not only did they go looking for an empty tomb, they expected an assignment of burial. When they went to the tomb, they were expecting to go and wrap Jesus' body in oils and spices and then bury him. They were preparing for a burial ministry. But how many of you know that God has a different type of ministry for us? They were expecting there to be no room for life. But there was life all around. They only expected the dead body and a ministry to the dead. But God said, you've got a ministry for the living. They came with a ministry for the dead, but they left with a ministry of testimony. To go and tell the world about the good news that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. That Jesus Christ is alive and well. These women came for a death ministry, but they left with a life ministry. They're going to tell others that the good news that God is alive, that Jesus is alive and well, and that he has come. And he's paid the price for us. And he's gone to the cross at Calvary, but he's no longer in the grave. He now sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. These women have gone to tell the world the good news, the gospel. They've gone to tell the world that there's a living Savior, that he's no longer dead, but he is alive forevermore. There's nothing wrong with expectations. However, there come times when our expectations must meet reality. That brings me to the second point is, there's the reality of the, ex- of the resurrection. There's the reality of the resurrection. When you look at the text, it tells us that Jesus wasn't there. There's the reality that comes through the resurrection. The resurrection reality is in the person and the character of Jesus. When you think about the cross and you think about the resurrection, of Jesus, it just confirms who Jesus is, and that he does what he says he's going to do. It confirms that he is the Son of God. John 1 1 and 1 and 14 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. It points us to the character, to the person of Jesus Christ. He is the son of God. He's not just a man who died on a hill one day. He is the son of God. He's not just a man who was willing to go to the cross. He is the son of God who came to take away the sins of the world. He didn't just do it out of habit. He didn't just do it because of duty, but he does it because of the love that God told us about in John 3 16 when he said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God chose out of of love to send his son to the cross at Calvary. And it was that same power that raised him up from the dead, that same power that confirms that he is the son of God and that he is the one that God has sent into the world, the one that came to take away the sins of humanity. But the resurrection also proves that Jesus is the holy and sinless one. Yes, in Psalm 16 and 10 it says, For you will not abandon my soul to shield. Or let your holy one see corruption. Jesus knew that his father would not leave him or forsake him. He knew that he would not leave him in the grave. He knew that he would not leave him there for corruption to overtake his body. He knew that he would be raised again because the father had given him a promise. Hallelujah. When we think about the fact that God has given us a promise. And when we put our stock in that promise. When we believe in that promise. You want to talk about going to the stock market. If Jesus said he's going to do it, it's a sure thing. You should put all of your money into that. Amen. And when you put all of your money into what Jesus has said, it's guaranteed to come out the way that he said. You won't be disappointed in any type of way. When we understand that God always keeps his word, and when he said that he would raise his son from the grave, he did exactly that. He raised him from the grave. And because of the resurrection, it points us and it proves to us that Jesus is the holy one because only a sinless one could die for the sins of humanity. Some of us would dare to die, but we could not do it because we had sin in our life. Some of us would want to die, but we could not do it because we had sin in our life. Some of us would dare to try to get someone else to do it, but they couldn't because they had sin in their life. There's only one who is sinless, and his name is Jesus. There's only one who did not fall to sin, and his name is Jesus. There's only one who is worthy to pay the price, and his name is Jesus. And because he's the only worthy one to pay the price, he's the only one who could go to the cross at Calvary, because you go back to the Old Testament sacrificial system, you had to come with a lamb that was spot, blemish, or wrinkle. Jesus was that lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. Jesus was that lamb of God that was a perfect sacrifice for humanity. Jesus was that lamb of God that they had on the Passover celebration that came and was able to protect them from the death angel coming through. Jesus was that lamb of God. Jesus was God's representative to take away the sins of the world but not only that the resurrection is the reality of God's promises first Corinthians 15 and 14 through 19 tell us that Christ had been raised and he's raised from the dead and it tells us that our preaching and our teaching would be in vain if he had not raised from the dead in other words we would be wasting our time had he not been raised from the dead We would be wasting our time shouting and singing and celebrating had he not been raised from the dead. I would be wasting my time preaching to you if he had not been raised from the dead. You would be wasting your time listening to me preach if he had not been raised from the dead. But thanks be to God. We have a God that is full of all promises and keeps every single promise he makes. And because he keeps his promises, Jesus was raised from the dead. That's why there's a testimony from the women about an empty tomb. Because Jesus was raised from the dead. That's why when Peter and John went running to the tomb, They came back with the same testimony that the tomb is empty because God keeps his promises and because God keeps his promises Jesus was raised from the dead God promised us a savior and his name is Jesus He promised thousands of generations ago that one would come through a virgin named Mary And that he would come into the world and that he would grow up and one day he would suffer bleed and die for the sins of humanity That's Jesus. God didn't just predict that he would get up, but he predicted that he would go through some things. He predicted that people would reject him. He predicted that people would spit on him and say all manner of evil against him. He predicted that he would be beaten and persecuted. He predicted those things, and just like he said, it happened to Jesus. But I'm so glad that it just wasn't about the persecution. But it was just about, not just about the death and the dying, but it was also about the getting up. The fact that Jesus got up out of that grave because the grave couldn't hold him. The fact that he was able to make his way back to life because of the power of God the Father. Then there's the resurrection. It gives us the reality of God's power. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 and 55 tells us about that power. When Paul says I want to know him in the power Of his resurrection Paul understood that there's a power That had to be applied in order For Jesus to get up Hallelujah and guess what That same power will be applied to us That same power Will be given to us to get up Out of the grave I don't know when I'm going to leave here You don't know when you're going to leave here But the one thing that I believe is this When I do leave here If it hadn't been in a time in which Jesus has come back, my body will go to the grave, but my soul will go on to be with God. And as my spirit and soul are gone on to be with God, and I find my body in the grave, there's going to come a great getting up morning, as grandmama said. There's going to come a great day when we shall be reunited with our. Heavenly bodies. It's gonna come a great day when we shall rise again, but it's gonna be by the same power that rose Jesus from the grave. It's not gonna be by a different power, it's gonna be the same power that got him up. The power of Almighty God. The power that raised Jesus will be executed in my life as well. The power that raised Jesus will be executed in your life as well. So we look forward to that day that God sends his power. We look forward to that day that God gives us that glory. We look forward to that day that we have that new resurrection body that we'll be able to do just like Jesus did and move through walls and doors. We'll do just like Jesus did because we've got that body that can inherit the kingdom of God. We've got that body that can inherit the place and never die again. There'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more crying, no more death because we've got the glorious resurrected bodies. And it all comes by the power of almighty God. But then I understand, too, the obstacles. Yes, the resurrection removes the obstacles that keep us from experiencing God's promises. John 11:25 25 said, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. When you think about that, though he die, he shall live. I know for some people that sound like a tongue twister. I know for some people it sounds contradictory. But if you die, you shall live again. Hallelujah. I learned a long time ago that we're going to live in a state of eternity. In one place or the other. In either the presence of God or out of the presence of God. And I know some people describe hell as a place of burning and a place of gnashing of teeth. That may be what it feels like. But what hell is simply is. Is you living outside of the presence and the love of God. See the good thing about now is you live in this world. But you still live within the presence and the love of God. But when you live in an existence where you can no longer experience. The hand of God. The move of God. The love of God. Some of us may not understand what that means. That I can never experience God's goodness again. No matter how. I try, I can never experience his love again. No matter how much I want to, I can never experience the hand of God again. And the thing is, when you tasted of God, hallelujah, when you've tasted the goodness of the Lord, when you've had God move in your life and you've had God show up on your behalf, when you've experienced the love of God, some of us know what it's like. We've we've felt like God has Wrapped his arms around us and held us in our midnight hour. We felt like God has wrapped his arms around us and, and, and comforted us when we've lost loved ones. We felt the love and the power of God. But what you understand, you lose that and you never get to experience the love of God. You never get to experience the, the warm hand hug of God again. You never get to experience that. That's what hell is. Being separated. From the love of God and the presence of God for all of eternity. But then there's the other side of that. When you get to live with the Father forever. When you get to live in his presence forever. When you get to live with the other saints. When you get to live with the 24 elders that bow down and cast their crowns before the throne crying, Holy, Holy, Holy When you get to celebrate the Lamb of God that sits right there with Jesus Christ, hallelujah. When you get to enjoy all of that on a regular basis, on an ongoing basis, we talk about Sunday down here. That's going to be a Sunday you've never experienced before. There's always praise. There's always glory and honor being given to the Lamb. There's always praise and glory being given to the one who sits on the throne. And you get to see God as he is, hallelujah. It says in Isaiah that the train of his robe fills the temple with glory. Could you imagine a God so glorious that the train of his robe would fill this whole entire building? That's just the train of his robe. It filled the temple with glory. When we get to see Jesus as he really is, when we get to see God as he really is, and as we get to experience that ongoingly, when we get to experience the presence of God on an ongoing basis, we don't have to worry about coming to Sunday worship anymore because every day is going to be Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. And when you can't worship down here, hallelujah, as you heard it before, you're going to have a problem when you get up there hallelujah but we got to learn to get it right while we're here the resurrection means everything the resurrection of christ has to be real to you it has to be real in your mind it has to be real in your heart it is the hope of glory and the hope of glory is that i'm living in expectation that one day i'll see god for myself That I'm living in expectation that the power of God will raise us up from the dead. That we're living in expectation that when it's all said and done, we'll be in the presence of God. We don't have to do like Moses and say, Lord, show me your glory. He said, I'm going to hide you behind the cleft of the rock. But we'll be able to see him, as it says, face to face. We'll be able to see the glory of God for ourselves. We'll be able to see what others who have gone on have already experienced. Our grandmothers are there. Our mothers are there. Our fathers are there. Our people are there already. And we're just going to where they are. Hallelujah. And when we get there, there's going to be a shouting good time. Hallelujah. There's going to be a shouting good time in the Lord. Because we finally crossed over, we finally made it, we finally gotten what God has been promising us, we finally come to the glorious kingdom of God, we finally made it to the place that he's promised us, we finally realize that the resurrection is a reality, yes, it's become a fruition, it's now been made right in our eyes, because we see it, what God has promised us, the resurrection, yes, the fullness of the resurrection, not partly, but fully, the resurrection we have experienced, I'm looking forward to that day. And I pray that you have looking forward to that day. But most of all, I pray that you are ready. I pray that you made yourself ready. And how do you do that? By accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The play that was presented said there's good news. There's bad news. And there's good news. Good news is God loves all people. The good news is he wants a relationship with you. The bad news is sin disrupts that ability to have a relationship with God. The bad news is sometimes we don't want to get rid of our sins to have a relationship with God. But there's a good news. He loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. To die on the cross at Calvary. When they stretched him out on the cross. And they drove nails in his hands and in his feet. They put a crown of thorns on his head. He did all of that for us. He did all of that for us. And then if it wasn't enough, they pierced him in the side. And it said blood and water came streaming down. That is a sign of washing. He's dying, but the blood and the water that's streaming out, it washes away the sins of humanity. It doesn't stop there. Once he washes away our sins, and we accept what he's done on our behalf, we are given. The right to eternal life. Amen. We're given the right to live with him forever. Thank you. Thank you. But Jones, I, I, I'll still mess up. I'll still sin. I'm so glad that God keeps his promises. Yes. Because he used a prophet by the name of Hosea. To show that he was married to the backslider. You, Hallelujah. Oh, y'all know that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What that simply means is. Yeah. I mess up. But God says, I'm committed to you. It's not based upon how good you are, but it's based upon what my son did. And because it's based on what he did and not what you do, you can't get rid of it. Hallelujah. When he gave us his son and when his son died on that cross that day, He paid our sin debt. Everything that we've done wrong is under the blood of Jesus. Every sin is under the blood of Jesus. Every crooked thought is under the blood of Jesus. Every crooked and sinful action is under the blood of Jesus. Every cursing out you've done to somebody is under the blood of Jesus. But you got to access it. Through Jesus. We have faith alone. Through grace alone. Are we saved. Not of works. That any man should boast. But only by the grace of almighty God. And putting faith in his son. Jesus Christ. Are we saved. That gives us the right to eternal life. That puts us in right standing with God. And when I learned this, it just blessed my soul. What that does is it gives us this thing called imputed righteousness. Where God would give us the righteousness that his son Jesus Christ earned on our behalf. Hallelujah. When Christ died, it was as if God took the righteousness of Jesus Christ and clothed us in that righteousness. So when he looks at us, he doesn't see this sinful, wretched body. He doesn't see this sinful, wretched individual. He sees the righteousness of his son. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't think y'all realize what that means. Because if God looks at us, he sees sin. If he looks at us, he sees unrighteousness. But because we are Covered, We are in, have the imputed righteousness of Christ. We have been covered in the righteousness of Jesus. So when he looks at us, he sees the righteousness of his son. And because he sees the righteousness of his son, anytime the enemy raises an accusation against you, because it said the accuser of the brethren will raise up accusations against us, but Jesus stands up and says, Father, it is covered under the blood. That is one of your children. They're covered under my righteousness. They are no longer a child of sin, but they are a child of righteousness. They are a child of the Most High King. They are a child of God because they've been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and they've been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. With that said, I offer you an opportunity now To accept Jesus If you don't know Jesus And the pardoning of your sins If you never accepted Jesus as Lord And Savior I offer that moment to you now That you can accept Jesus into your life And he will come and give you that Righteousness He will come and deal with and take care Of all the sins that we ever Have committed and ever Will commit Is there one today Who wants to receive that righteousness of Jesus? Is there one today who wants to receive the salvation of almighty God? Don't wait till it's too late. There were two men who died with Jesus on the cross. Both of them sinners. Both of them deserving of death. One man only wanted to come down because he wanted to be free. The other man wanted to be really free. And he looked at Jesus and he said, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. The good news is Jesus said, today. Today you will be with me in paradise. Today is a day that you could solidify your spot in the kingdom of God. Today is the day that you can come and receive Jesus Christ into your life. It means that you'll now have help to deal with the troubles of life. It means you'll now have a savior that fights on your behalf. It means now that you can experience the love of God in a whole new way. It means that you have your eternity set. Set for heaven. Is there one? Is there one? Come and receive Jesus. Come and receive salvation. Come. Come, The Lord is calling you, come. Is there one? Is there one? Don't let anyone talk you out of it. There may be a voice in your head now that's saying, don't move. But God is calling you. By his Holy Spirit, he's calling you saying, come. Come and receive salvation. Come and receive eternal life. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Hallelujah. 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 The door is still open. The door is still open. The door is still open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.